0: It's <laughs> dark. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Stark. Dennis, my, my you're, friend, you're, you're looking marvelous this evening <laughs> in your white hat.
1: My white hat, which says something on it. Can you read it for our listeners? It says the chosen
0: Ilbon. No. And the way it's spelled, Cho Zun. Cho Sun. Il- yes. Ilbo? Ilbo Agans, what's
1: this about? It's me, man. I've never known what it meant. I was hoping to your computer skills, we could get to the bottom of it. The only thing I know, it's a golf hat. So it probably stands for some, I don't know,
0: some okay. ancient Scottish something. You could that. not be further from wrong. Oh. The Chosun Ilbo, which translates to Korea Daily Newspaper, is the leading daily newspaper in South Korea. It's the oldest daily newspaper in the country with a daily circulation oh. of over 1.8 million.
1: When I wear the South Korean newspaper name with pride all these years. Never knew it.
0: Yeah. So all of our, forgive our, we apologize to our Korean listeners. That our what? Dennis's <laughs> ignorance at the name of your daily newspaper that everyone knows about in Korea.
1: You want to piss off the South Koreans. Exactly. You know, because they're pissed, now we know. so pissed off at the North Koreans that they'll take it out on us.
0: Right, exactly. Because he's got the bomb. Yeah.
1: and A little, a little better. He described it. Was it sexual? I'll bet it was. I'll bet it was.
0: Was what? Sexual. The love letter to the, to the little dictator. You cut out there for a second. I'm not sure what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs>
1: well, sexual letter to the little cut dictator. Not cut on, this often happens. Well. Doesn't matter. Anyway. Just thinking back of Trump in the South, the North Korea. Yes. Their little uh,
0: love affair. Yeah.
1: Saying South Korea. We'll take it too. out on us because they're pissed off at the North, but they don't dare intervene. Of course, we're good We're good allies with them, right? That's why they probably had a golf outing. Right. That's what it was. South Korean newspaper had a golf outing.
0: Exactly. And Bam.
1: Where? Somewhere in America. Look that up. Probably. I, I bet you. Come on, man.
0: They probably Chosen golf in
1: America.
0: And uh, the other thing you want me to search for is America golf? That's pretty broad. We could probably narrow that down. Yeah,
1: how's your week been? I see you're still in your old uh, office, so the painting yes. and preparation is now delayed yet another week. So, but you they, put nothing in the contract to incentivize earlier on time delivery, nor of course penalty for late delivery, and so
0: and it's not. That, s- I don't think it, the painters have been pretty good, and also they're doing an amazing job. We're very pleased with what we see going on. Okay. Them but they painted the bedroom it's a one-bedroom apartment so there's like a living room dining room area and a bedroom and they painted the bedroom in the color that we selected and when the whole wall looks that color there's a little bit of a pinkish tinge to it that's is not ideal uh from the sunlight entering the room or the no it tick- just it reflects a little bit more red light than we were hoping for and it's and my wife said, I don't want this place to be pink, like, yeah. I don't, like we're... So our current house is oh. pink everywhere, ceilings and the walls and everything you can see. And we wanted something off-white, but not pink. So anyway, they painted that. And then the guy told me that they were going to take two days off because they they were having a ceremony for their friend who died of COVID in Brazil and his ashes were being oh, brought God. back. And their Great. friend group was going to have a two two days party to celebrate his life or whatever. And you, know, you can't say, fuck no, get back here and work. You have to be like, hey no okay, man, that's, that that's sorry for your recovered. loss. But on the second day that they were supposed to be off, like he showed up and was and was doing some work. The work ethic is good. And yeah, yeah. I told him, yo man, this is too pink. And he said, it's the color you chose. And I said, yeah, we know that. Give me the color swatches again. And let's try again. How, many,
1: how much of it has he painted that you're considering redoing?
0: A uh, whole room, like three walls. That's basically. a lot. Yeah. That's a lot to change your mind. But still, but you, now really is the time like to change it. your mind. Right. You better like it. And if, if you got to
1: pay twice, then chalk it up to- This is the time to uh, change, them, you know, change your mind.
0: Charge your full price for the second coat. So anyway, we he left us the color swatch book that has 5,005 different colors. Yeah, I we, had those marked. And we went to the off whites and we had been, like at the start of the book, your your whitish ones are more red. And then at the very end of the book, they're more gray and beigeish brown. And so- right. it, Through the spectrum of- We decided beige. that we wanted a little bit more gray. And yeah, I don't blame we you. looked at these and and there was one that I liked and my wife thought maybe another one, but then we had a phone call. I was here, my wife was on the phone and talking to the guy. And we said, look, uh, we think we want this gray one. And that was today. And today was a local a local holiday in my town, some saint of fishing, fisher dudes. And they, so he, the paint stores were closed. So he, he couldn't buy this paint, but- he, he doesn't care. Did he tell you he would charge you more or He said just known? I don't know. He, it was never mentioned. He said, "Look, why don't I go and buy uh, one kilo of this of this new paint that you think you want?" And no, not buy the fifteen kilos that we need for the whole place. Who knows what that is in gallons or whatever. But so he actually like drove to another town that wasn't having a holiday and got got this paint. And he also had that another. He also had it's some leftover paint that was similar to the beige that we were evaluating. And he said, "Look, why don't I paint two squares on the wall here? One with with the gray, and another with the beige." and you come back and tell me tomorrow what's right. what you want he didn't put them
1: right next to each other did he they should be on opposite walls
0: they're on the same wall but and look the beige one was like super dark and it was it, it was too dark and it wasn't like the same thing happened when i went in there to look and then when my wife went in there to look she said oh no this is too dark and that's what my thought too and only then after looking more closely could we even tell that there was another one that there was the grayish one and anyway that's the clear winner we're going to go more gray. i think it's
1: lighter gray than what you're looking at here correct
0: yes it's very light gray you can this barely
1: steal this is the steel gray yeah in it's... a room that half the walls are windows and doors so right. there's not that much wall
0: but no it's very gray yeah. off white gray and so that's what we've told him and he's going to come tomorrow and paint 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 and hopefully by next week we'll be in there but who knows if yeah, something goes wrong yeah. hey, so i sent tricks. you a
1: note that i finished watching what appeared to be four episodes of the 100 foot wave
0: Okay, I've seen three, I think, and I'm pretty sure there are more. Did, you, did he surf the 100-foot wave? Because that's how you know it's the end. No, first of all, that's not how it's the end.
1: And okay. unless there's another one coming, but the one, the third one in what looked like, it looked to me like they showed two seasons. One they showed in earlier aired kind of first episode. And then it was so successful, they said, you know what, let's do a three or more, but so far a three-part series that kind of starts with that first one, starts over with it. And so they're similar uh, scenes and shots, but they're not the same one. And then there's two more that follow. And so the third one ends when he's in Hawaii and is playing with his wife and kids. And he goes into a philosophical discussion, how life is the 100 foot wave. And it is an enormous change for him and an amazing flight for him at the age of what probably would be 54 realized that riding these little waves in hawaii little for him and teaching his son who now is old enough to serve and is up and riding the board at i don't know six maybe five or six one would be yeah and and he waxes poetic on just what the hundred foot wave really is. So, in, in one sense, I suppose that what you say is right, but not in the not in the literal uh, literal literal sense.
0: Okay. So, there are six episodes. Six. And they, the original air dates started in July eighteenth, twenty twenty one, and the sixth one went to August twenty second. So that was this week. So there's no way you've seen them all, nor I. In that but case. The conclusion of the third episode is a killer. Did you make it to win in Portugal? They succeeded in getting all the news coverage?
1: Oh, yeah. That's way beyond that. that was okay, okay. The second episode. Yeah, all right. The third episode, he's grounded and he's spotting from the cliff. Right. He can't surf at the age of 52. He had a broken foot. He's smart. He keeps remin it. He keeps tinkering and tinkering about how there's a small tinkering. part of him. Tinkering and tinkering. Yes, I love it. 15% of them that, that wanted to, to do it. And at the after it's all over, he says, I should have done it. And then he thinks about it, and he says, "At least there's a part." But anyway, if there's more after, are, are you familiar with the one I'm talking about? Then
0: apparently not. I don't recall. This is I, this was a. You this couple recall weeks. this? It's dynamite
1: ending. This hmm. we wouldn't it wouldn't be like no, it didn't phase you. That's just not
0: okay. Maybe I fell. Maybe I wiped out. So Dennis. Yeah. Yes. What is your hundred foot wave? What is the what is your white what is wave? my
1: hundred foot wave? Yeah. What's what's it's an the, interesting question?
0: The, the goal that you. have that's an interesting question. First of all,
1: yes. it's not 100 foot. It's only 50. You got to I these. get to yeah. tee off from the gold tees. Oh, no. Oh, no. 100 foot weight, but I've already got 50 foot credit. Okay. It's like the, the closer tees. Okay. Huh. I want to build a garage. Okay.
0: That's not 100 foot weight. You need a 100 foot hinge.
1: <laughs> so, did, did you get there? unfathomable pictures of the hinge. I got the pictures. Uh-huh.
0: They were not worth sharing. No. But, it, but it, I understood it looks more like a zipper point. Yeah. Because but it's not enough for anyone else to
1: yeah. care to see it. And I thought how so stupidly I hadn't taken a picture of it before the paint was on. Right. Before it was up. Right. Or after it was up on the inside right before it
0: was painted right
1: but i painted the rest of that shed i painted the, the brown and the gray to build a little alley between the two buildings for my ladder i don't want to say that i maybe go over the top a little bit but when i put in a six inch gravel base between the two buildings so you walk out on this there's a beautiful door and you walk through the door and there's about three feet of space between the buildings and it's just big enough to hang a ladder and turn sideways comfortably and walk by it mm-hmm. and then when you get to the back of the house is a 26 inch space. But on the ground between these three outbuildings, my, my neighbors where the alley is, and then behind there, the neighbors, all the water comes off the roofs into this gully and it sprays and splashes up on the wood shingles or on the, the wooden boards of right. all of the buildings. And consequently, after literally, right, 110 years of mud splashing on wood,
0: Special all the wood yet.
1: rotted down to through a whole
0: inch of wood. So especially when you get a gully washer placed. yeah yeah yeah
1: that's a term new new term for you that's yes. great
0: you gotta when you learn a new term you gotta you gotta try and use you it you gotta use it repeatedly or it goes away you don't yeah. use it you lose it so yeah. to speak but so i put
1: my big long ladder that i use maybe twice a year uh, hanging on the wall i built a little roof over the top of it so it doesn't get all the oh
0: your little ladder has a ladder roof
1: yeah that's
0: cute. Then I put, I'm gonna hang this on the wall. Let me put a little tiny roof over it.
1: That's six nice. Six to eight inches of gravel on the bottom so that there's no more splashing mud and the water drains. So Does the roof have a gutter? gutter? Uh no. Alleyway. It's not a gutter. Gutter is what you're No the roof over your ladder. Oh no, it's not a gutter. It's a it's a it's a small extension of the roof.
0: Okay.
1: A gutter A ladder roof. I didn't have what I needed to build a gutter, meaning a gutter. But what I did have was much short treated lumber and a, about a 26 inch sheath of outdoor plastic sheathing for siding on a house that was supported by the wooden braces. So there's the pitch of the roof and then there's a fascia board. Then underneath there is the soffit and the soffit is curved. Soffit. So I just nailed a board to that angled, not curved, but angled soffit board and created another roof. So it's a what you might call a two step roof. I'll send you pictures. Look this little, vocabulary is
0: over my head like a good roof.
1: It didn't cost me. It cost me 16 bucks to build it. So that gutters would have cost me in the neighborhood of 100 probably.
0: Good time to remind people to go to patreon.com slash hour. Buy Dennis a gutter.
1: I get a lot of joy out of reusing materials that other people throw away. You do. The, you... Re- thing is, the repurposing is actually purposing. Eh, in many cases, repurposing. If I did it it's already been Repurposing purposed. is your and purpose. i pushing it through.
0: I didn't say porpoise. Repurposing is your purpose, you oh. great porpoise. That's the name of my porpoise. Repurpose the porpoise. Yeah, if you died, you got another one. You could be repurposed. Re.
1: Right. I like it when they go re re in front of words. Like that makes it a word. Re re, re revisit it, and you could say hey, that's not a word. Later we're gonna just, re 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 revisit it. You just can't make vocal sounds that sound like words out of your throat and call
0: them a word. That's what words are, man. Throat, vocal, noise, man, man. <laughs> Oh Lord. Hi. So I I found some but not all of the documentary now episodes. That's that, that mockumentary Seth Meyer's it's so SNL. Lord Michaels is the producer, is the executive producer and And they are so good. If if I didn't recognize some of the most famous comedians alive right now as characters it would seem like a just a bizarre documentary um one yeah i've seen three or four now and really one was a one was a musical they were it was all set in the studio rehearsing for a musical and the the executive in charge or the creative person was played by john mulaney who is one of the best stand-ups at the moment and he it was just really they it felt like a real thing and they were singing it was their the set the name of the musical was called The Co-op and they were singing all these songs about what it's like to live in an apartment building in, in New York City and about the landlords and what it's like to just live with your weird neighbors and stuff and but it felt like they really wrote decent songs about it felt like it could have totally been real it was like set in the 70s and so that that was one and then there was another one about professional bowling And how, and this one was one of the main characters was played by Michael C. Hall of Dexter fame. He was one of the six feet under, six feet under fame before. And he was the, he was one of the, one of the bowlers and the other top of of the other two of the top three competitive bowlers were also known comedians. And it was about, it was like totally reported on like a serious thing about how in the early night, the bowling professional bowling stopped being broadcast on TV which like coincides with my my idea. Like I was aware of professional bowling on on TV back then, but then it went away and and, and the guy, the the sports commentator also played by a known comedian was saying, you know, and then Michael Jordan came along and Tiger Woods and Charles Barkley and the other sports just took on more importance. And we ended up having to shut down the professional bowling circuit. But then 14 years later, it it came back and and they reunited all of the best, of these best bowlers. I don't know. It was so so serious. Did they uh,
1: redo the makeup to make the, earlier yeah.
0: guys. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And originally the the bad boy had a, had a mullet and was just, and in the modern version, he's got on these weird sunglasses and he keeps, whenever he gets a strike, he, he yells to the crowd, he says, suck my sack. And the announcers <laughs> go through and they have this interview with the guy about how it's not, I can see how maybe you could see that was sexual, but it's not meant in that way. Anyway, but like everyone is so straight faced yeah, and right. uh, deadpan that it's just excellent. I guess oh, the third hour, one I saw a was hour. a performance. I think they were like almost an hour, like forty-five minutes, I think. Another one I saw was a performance artist, uh, and talk about an easy thing to make fun of these people. This was a woman. Can't remember the actress's name that, that, that played her, but I don't know if it was Kate Blanchett. It might have been. But uh, she did the uh, Helen Mirren d- does the uh, yeah Helen Mirren does the intro every promo. time. And oh, every time. She, every, on every single episode, she says... Oh, I didn't know that. Welcome, on the three that I've seen, she right. says, welcome to Documentary Now, episode, season 52. Today we're going to talk about, and she introduces the thing, but they, so this was a, one of these Hungarian, super artsy performance people that will sit in a chair in Times Square naked with a thing over her head, and that's her art. And, but like people, real freaking people do that, and it's so ridiculous, sure. that it's so easy to make fun of. And that one had uh, Fred Armisen, the, the guy from Portlandia. And Now, island.
1: do each of them have... This bill Hader and other
0: no they're all characters. no they're all they all have some famous comedian that you, or, or and or actors that you recognize but with them but yeah but bill i haven't seen one with bill Hader in it yet in it and i've only seen one with each of the famous well, this comedians is a, and
1: this isn't the stuff we talked about last i
0: think time, it is, is though it? it's this was all how many episodes there's like three seasons it, how many there's three seasons there's a whole bunch of episodes
1: Oh, maybe it's maybe what I looked at was the third season, which was six of them and every one of them was Bill Hader.
0: There are 3 seasons of 7 episodes each. And I've been mostly watching the third season. But you've got your guest your guest casts here are people yeah. like Owen Wilson and Michael Keaton and yeah. Kate Blanchett. I was right about that one. And just Tim Robinson was the bad boy in the in the bowling one. And it's just yeah, there's 21 of these episodes and they're just uh yeah, Bill Hader is not...
1: And where, where do you access this?
0: I asked the internet to, if they could find, if any episodes had fallen off the back of a truck to examine, but I don't have a known place where I can access and the... What's the name of it? Documentary Now, with an exclamation point. It's an American mockumentary television series created by Fred Armisen, Bill Hader, Seth Myers, and Reese Thomas. It premiered on August 20th, 2015. Wow. Yeah. And on April 8th, 2019, it was renewed for a fourth season, but presumably COVID fucked a But yeah, it premiered on IFC, Independent Film Channel, which is an american basic cable owned by AMC.
1: And I recall now that I had the choice to download that connection with them when I was viewing the interviews that they had.
0: Yeah. At, uh, so anyway, it was it, very funny. it's it's a fun time. It it feels like you're watching a real documentary. Like they are so serious about it, but then you, obviously the the content is hilarious. It's gotta, not like la- it's not like huge laughing out loud hilarious. It's like, yeah, the awkward hilarity, like The Office or like British comedy, where yeah, it's just weird like that. But anyway, it was a hey, it, it was a fun time. We had we had quite
1: a opportunity last weekend here because for the first time since COVID, they reorganized and hosted the annual Blues Festival. (laughs) And they had it at the Old Dog Bar, almost all of it outside. And they had five bands, including two national acts and three local bands that I could tell you about. But 500 people came. Everybody had a place to sit. Everybody had enough to drink. Anywhere you were in this crowd of 500 in front of the outdoor bandstand or the picnic tables that had a tent over them where I sat on the edge of that or back further where table after table had awnings and stuff. Mm-hmm. but And there were 500 people and you could order food and take a number and they'd bring it to you. That's unheard of in an outdoor venue. You've you got to go somewhere to get your food and sure. then wait. Which they had to. Which they had to. And it was just wonderful. It was just wonderful. Every act was top-notch and including Jake Kershaw, who I will send you because you two could be brothers. You two could be brothers. I'll send you a little clip. His one of his finales after he just blistered this electric guitar. Just blistered it like hardly anybody I've ever heard.
0: Is this the guy that you've mentioned before that looks like me? Yes, years ago. Yes, that's like an episode four or something. Yes, I recognize him. Way back. So now he's no, he's three older, years than older,
1: and my god did he kill it and he says one of the one of, before i leave you one of the tunes i want to do is one that you've never heard anybody play anywhere in any venue and he started playing voodoo child <laughs> nice and did as good a job on voodoo child as i've ever heard anybody ever do mm-hmm. and i got a couple little clips under a minute that i'll send you and then after him was a national act i want to say a Wayne Brooks Bobby Wayne Brooks I think but his daddy is Lonnie Brooks who was featured Chicago Blues artist and he's got a couple kids and this is his youngest and his other son whose name is maybe Lonnie Jr. he the senior to Bobby Wayne who we saw his older brother is unbelievable and so is this dude so is this dude and the mic went out on his, his microphone for his vocals yep and his and you could and you could still hear his guitar. He didn't miss a beat. He just sang without a microphone to the people up in the front. Nice. You know, the two two, three rows of people that could hear him. And then nobody else in the place looked like he was just mouthing pantomime. Sure. But with a lot of feeling. And then when it came on, he had missed the beat. When the mic came back on he had missed the beat.
0: Yeah, he was in a moment.
1: And they served uh they served an amber beer, Anchor. <laughs> Anchor steam, nice <laughs> nice full bodied red. More amber than red, but so saw some people I hadn't seen in a long time. A couple of musicians I played, we talked to several of the guys that played to tell them how much it was appreciated and yeah. how fantastic they were. But the, the band that started off is the band I've talked about because Tony bought my house, Tony the Sax player, all those stories. Right? He, for the first time in my memory, since I've been here off and on for five years, he was the opening act. He's <laughs> never the opening, act. he's in, in a little bit, but he had a private gig in Indiana which somehow he roped in a National Historic Blues bass player because this bass player couldn't go, but he opened. And I talked with him later, and he said, yeah, we'll open. we got to go. It's the only way we can do it. If we don't leave here by 5 o'clock, we can't make our gig. So first up was 3 for an hour. And and setting up a sound check, voices on and on, and then they get introduced. These guys come out of the chute absolutely on fire with Tony T-Bone screaming on this saxophone playing like it's the end of the night and this is the encore <laughs> right right, right. that's how much heart he had At the energy and he brought the band into a crescendo of freaking music that never slowed down never missed a beat and people were on their feet after the first song
0: all that seating you never played- standing up
1: Played like, not everyone, but he did get a standing O when it was all over But the second tune, and the thing is, we told us that people been here for an hour. I was there an hour. Got a decent seat. Doors open at 2, music starts at 3. I already had a couple of beers. A couple of beers in your so bill. I'm ready. And by the time he got to his third tune, played two hammering songs, his third tune, he took his, his linked-up sax out into the crowd and ended up weaving through the crowd, playing his heart out jumping up on an empty picnic table that was in the middle of the area and playing this solo back and forth with his band wow that was crazy and I've got pictures of him with the blue sky behind him wailing his neck puffed out from blowing this horn like a bullfrog oh my god stunning and then weaves his way back and gets on and, and <laughs> all, nothing all of them just sweat bombs when they were done played for an hour straight no break they just all the way through There's a few ballads here and there because they write some stuff. But I saw him afterwards, I said, man, I don't know when it's been since I've seen anybody open like that. Usually people open, and they say, hey, how you doing? And they do a little riff of some kind, and they start with some light smoothie blues. He said, yeah. We figured that people were ready to hear music, and we didn't have a lot of time, so we wanted to hit it. Fact, <laughs> hey, you got to come so up with your best good.
0: stuff when you're uh, when you're yeah. rough, short on time.
1: Yeah, and so that was fun. And then the second band was the uh, Crossroads Resurrection, Resurrected. That used to be called Crossroads Band back in the day, but the the head uh, dude Eddie Lester, who's a saxophone singer, songwriter, musician, the best fucking cowbell player in the world, <laughs> donk, donk. with just so funky. They come in and they're not doing blues; they're doing Papa Daddy rock and roll and funk. Papa Daddy. Yeah. Yeah. And then just. So different, and they one of uh, Eddie's best, if not his best, is he does a rendition of "Ain't No Sunshine," and yes. does it that sounds as so good, as good. Anybody I've ever heard it, and has this miniature cowbell in his hand that has a rubber hard piece to it in the bottom of it, and then a small cowbell at the top of it, and he uses a drumstick. He plays the shit out of that thing. Nobody I've ever heard, wow. and just as when you have heard the like the, the Jews harp in a tune you recognize it then you hear it in another other songs it's the same way it's the same way with this with him.
0: that is such a great song that's such a simple song too if you look at the lyrics, the lyrics. and the the I learned to play it one day on the guitar but didn't practice it enough to remember it but it's awfully simple but yes. just that original recording where it's just and I know I know I know I know I know I know I know. yeah that it's so emotional at the
1: time it was a record and it was a record that was to be broken, and it was broken quite a bit. There's a whole thing about it, so you could you could check that out maybe, but guys doing it and, and holding, holding the note.
0: Right, that's really great. So that reminds me, that song, my computer played that song for me the other day, but it was because I had, there's this amazing podcast that I think I've mentioned here, but it's called Strong Songs, where this total music nerd goes and dissects, famous pop songs and goes into why this is particularly like what the artist has done here and how these chords resolve and how this thing comes over here on the side that makes it really interesting and he it's just an amazing amazing podcast that I highly recommend link in the show notes and it, he did one on Carol King's he mentioned like the whole Tapestry album is yeah. is just like it seems like a great hits um, album but it's just so good but the song that he focused on is you've got a friend yeah and it's got that it's got that great winter spring summer fall like what a great phrase here to go through all the seasons but he talked about how she she recorded this with james taylor who like released that song that she wrote slightly before she did and Joni mitchell we're just like all hanging out in california and just getting high and making music and what just an amazing play, place and moment that was in, in time. And so anyway, I listened to, I told my computer to play Tapestry a couple times. Um, oh, yeah. Just amazing. Did uh, you see
1: like chamber ceremony? Obama gave her the... I did not, the, no. The Medal of Performance Arts at the White House and no. the crowd that was there, including, of course, the White House. Right. The, Staff. Yeah. Know, President, Michelle, everyone, just dancing to what she was doing. Just yeah. crowd-pleasing, unbelievable,
0: fun... Loose. And apparently b- before before she before she released that, she had been writing songs for like tons of famous songs that, that we know from Neil other Syndak. artists she, she wrote. But did she write the tunes that Neil Syndak sang? I don't know about Neil Syndak, but she wrote some Aretha Franklin songs and uh, oh, just some anyway, it was super interesting. But it, I thought about that because when Apple Music finishes an album that you told it to play, it, like, plays similar stuff, and, you know, sometime when she's gone, came on after that. But what an amazing time and place that was. And what a, like, that song is so simple and so, yeah. look. Straightforward. Uh, if, when you feel sad, know that I'm here for you. And that's why, it, like, it resonated, and it's been covered by so many people. But anyway, that was a thing that I experienced recently.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you, I'm certainly enjoying music again. It's, it's so nice that you can of...
0: go out to be it's like sea live music it's nothing is like things are always so much more enjoyable when you've been without it for a long time whether it be
1: the the delta variant is raging so it may be short-lived yeah but and with flu season coming up it's good to get rough again it's uh, the south is bad too and people are traveling so anyway not to pour cold water on the beauty of the open-air music and when old friends who played music together. And I consider these guys, I'm not as old of friends as they are with each other, but I've known them for years now. And just the sheer joy that we get out of making music that we and other people appreciate, it's just it's in the now enjoyment that's hard to, to replicate the, the adrenaline.
0: Yeah, we <laughs> were talking about make. this, I think last episode, how you just get into that flow state and it's just magic and you can't remember what your when your mortgage is due or whatever. Right. It's just...
1: and the thing is, you just don't want it to end. Sure. We played some, we played, back in the day when I was working in the, doing my doing my job, we'd have these uh, conferences we'd go to and I would corral this guy who was a head of Homeland Security for the National Governors Association. His name was Tom, I think. And he could play a cowboy guitar and he was real handsome and he had a really good voice and he played a lot of tunes, Dylan tunes, and some Beatles tunes, and some things. He had a little... He didn't carry a song, but but he knew a lot of stuff. He was very affable. And then discovered that the head of the... The chief scientist for the Federal Bureau of Justice Services had a hell of a singing voice and played guitar. And then us getting together after these conferences in these little bars, and everybody had their instrument, and we just went on until the bars closed and we were always the last people in the room we were still playing whether anybody was
0: you're playing for yourself not. right it's
1: not yeah. You don't it, need was an audience. it was about the music it was nice to be able for other people to enjoy it
0: uh, but even if there aren't other people right. unlike this podcast but whatever mercy <laughs> so Dennis um, we have some homework that we forgot uh oh we've mentioned it over email but I before my family came back I managed to watch Gangs of New York oh oh And for the first time, I had never seen it. I, all I knew was that it had Leo DiCaprio in it, and it was very orange. And both of those, the texture, the lighting, and it is very orange. The, there's a lot of torch light. I don't know, the color of the whole movie, I don't know. Some movies, they will tint something blue, and you can, once you're in it, you forget that everything is tinted blue, but I don't know. This one's tinted orange. Uh But So what'd you think? Daniel Day-Lewis is just... Unbelievable. Have you ever? Have you ever? They say that he's he's famous for being what they call a method actor, where he stays in character. Stays in character, and if he's playing a villain, you do not want to say, "Hey, do you want to go get a a, a beer?" Over shooting. It's that he just, in a way that it feels like that must be, a, the most difficult way to be an actor, but also if it it clearly works for him. Sure, work. Uh, ideally, you would be the kind of person that maybe you're maybe you're british and as soon as they yell action like you switch to whatever accent you need yeah. to have and you're you can convert into that character but apparently he doesn't or can't
1: it's too hard to get in and out of it i think it's easier to stay in it i'll tell you the scene where he's uh, talking and takes a a big steak sizzles it on two sides and starts <laughs> cutting it with this huge Bowie knife pretty much raw yeah and while he's talking in between bites he says something that causes him to tap the very tip of the knife on With his glass, glass eye. eyeball. Yep. And he taps it so hard and so clearly and so effortlessly, you just know this... Oh, my God. Where is this going? It was just... I was... I've seen it so many times. That and was I, the... I can't take my eyes off
0: it. That particular effect, I'm curious how they managed to make it seem like he has a glass eyeball. They put a plate over his eye for a moment. Okay but the i did a little bit of research it's unclear just uh, something hap- like how historically accurate this movie is clearly oh. there, there were riots and there were many people killed but like in the dozens not not right. not thousands or anything this was this was never the opening credit
1: didn't say based on a true
0: story true and when they started they're all in their in their period costumes and clearly they're in a period where guns exist but they just have this all-out free-for-all with no guns involved at the, yeah. at the beginning. And it's, the it's a little bit weird, but then they start, like, the music score is like 90s rock. So they go very... Uh, they, they're not trying to be <laughs> the most uh, accurate historical depiction. They're making an entertaining uh, movie loosely set in the time period. But- well,
1: it's it's because it's a time piece, it shouldn't be judged harshly, more harshly than any novel that makes up stuff out of sheer cloth and creates reality. Novels, sure.
0: Movies that are based on a true story are one thing. This was set vaguely in a time period where, yes, there were some riots. And that's about as close to, I think, reality yeah, as, as they right. came. But it was—it certainly lived up to its, to its title. And I've
1: never seen a, a man eat the scenery like freaking Daniel Day-Lewis in that character. <laughs> Yeah, the, every second he was on the screen,
0: you couldn't it was look away. Riveting. and as you said, Leo
1: wasn't too bad. He played the second fiddle. He was the the central character as as much as the butcher.
0: And I wasn't, I was unsure. It wasn't that, all that predictable. I wasn't sure what was going to happen at no. the end, and no, I wasn't I, sure no. whether who would kill whom and if his knife throwing practice would would work. And the, the scene, the knife cutting scene in the smoke.
1: Yes. Where the butcher was not seen and running by him and slicing Yes. Him. It was just
0: fucking Real. frightening. Real. Yes. Frightening. I can imagine it in a the theater. That must have been just uh, yeah. horrifying. And yeah. Cameron Diaz was at her peak cuteness, that yeah, red geez. hair.
1: And you saw, of course, the uh, boy from the uh, You Got the Job Kid. He was one of the main characters in the show. Was he? Yeah.
0: Elliot from E.T.? Yeah.
1: I, it, I that's what I, that's why i sent
0: sent you uh, gangs of new york because i realized that was him no those are no this, i'm looking this up to verify but that we were talking about Gangs of new york before we did that we had that Where ed we, talk oh so maybe, nice yeah, try okay. Maybe you, it happened
1: during the during the space when the homework was given
0: and the henry homework thomas was is his name and wow he's been in a bunch of stuff
1: Place a dude who gets killed in
0: the on the gate man no way. Friend of the rabbit. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Wow, dude. Yeah, I see. I see. Him. Yeah, wow. Man, we are just weaving narratives, and scholars are going to look back at these episodes and be like, <laughs> they were planning <laughs> this the whole time. What? What were these guys talking about? <laughs> That's wild. Of course, that was, he played a pretty good character, too. He was yes. the spineless friend that... Yes. Yes. You, yes. you can't trust, but is ultimately repentant for betraying you. Yeah, that was a good movie. I am. I'm glad that I spent the three dollars or whatever it is I spent to uh, to rent that. I
1: have uh, news to report, and that is that I'm leaving here for a Father's Day celebration. it Father's Day because we missed Father's Day back in June. Okay. Indeed, and I can't be late for that. So this is going to be one of those snuck up on us. The hour's over already. Wow. I was so happy.
0: We were just. It felt like we were just getting started, man. I know, like, I've got 17 more topics. All right, say hi to your lovely offspring. Yes. All right, next week. Tell them your podcast uh, buddy says hi. <laughs> All right, that's it for episode number 124. You can find the show notes at happyhour.fm slash 124 where we link to the things we talked about. And if you'd like to help support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash happy hour. We would love to hear from you guys there. And you can buy us around, which we desperately need. We'll see you next week.